<laughs> oh me. <clears throat> My wife gets hurt sometimes so bad by that stuff she's got and and I understand more now about pain than I ever have in my life. But uh, sometimes she'll get hurt so bad. And she said, what have I done that God's punishing me? I said, nothing. That ain't the way it works. Amen. Uh, pain goes with uh, just the old body deteriorating. And, and all of us got to do it. And I believe this. I, I laugh at Brother Pitts. Brother Pitts to me is a challenge all the time. <laughs> now his wife pushes him though. <laughs> I mean, she called me last night. If he's going to church tomorrow, he's going to walk. <laughs> and he said, "Well, I'm going." <laughs> and he walked, <laughs> but but uh, she just tickled me to death. But he's he's just he keep pushing. He don't want to sit down. And let me tell you something, folks. If you sit down and quit, you will deteriorate. We're like an old house, you know. Uh, if you got, you live in a house, and you vacate that house, and there's no activity in that house, you find a bunch of spiders in the corners, and you find all kinds of things going on. That I, it just begins to deteriorate. Yeah, I've been checking you out. <laughs> and uh, it's the same thing with the body. If you don't keep pushing your body all the time, uh, just keep it going. Uh, it'll deteriorate. And uh, I just believe it. my brother has got big old knots on his arms and he's hurting in his arm because he laid blocks all his life. And, and uh, I was out the other day and uh, I said, you need to get you some those little lift, the little weights not the big ones, just little ones, anything, and and just exercise, keep your arms going, because once you quit using them, your muscles tighten up, and uh, and he's a muscular guy, or was, and and uh, over the years, and he's got to keep using them, and uh, I don't know why I got off on this, I ain't got nothing to do with my mess, but if you'll turn to Hebrews, please, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 8. I exercise a great deal till I come across a verse in the Proverbs that says, Exercise profit little, and I quit. <laughs> Prob, uh, Hebrews chapter 8. I want to start reading in verse 1. Now the things which we have spoken, this is a sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and no man and not man for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer for if he were on earth he should not be a priest seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showeth to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which is established upon better promises. 
For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with him, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. In that he said a new covenant, he has made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we got a God. The Lord loves us and made a way of escape out of this world of sin. We ask you to bless the study of thy word tonight now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Notice verse 12, especially of Hebrews chapter 8. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now that's spiritual part. Turn or look at Hebrews chapter 9 now and verse 22. Verse 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Go on down to verse 28 of chapter 9. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and to them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. <clears throat> I want to talk to you tonight about spiritual pardon. A man on death row, for instance, sweating it out, hoping, praying, and waiting for a word of pardon from the governor's office would be a fool to turn it down if it came. Some years ago in a Pennsylvania state penitentiary, this very thing happened. The warden took the news to the cell block of the condemned young man. The governor has sent the pardon for you. The young man said, I don't want it. Let me alone. I want to die. The young man refused all pleas and insisted on his right to die. The law books were examined, and a special legislature session was called to see what must be done. The lawmakers concluded that a pardon must be accepted in order for it to be valid, so the young man died. You know what I call that man a fool? Now, I want you to get this. Now, a crazy man, yet there are millions every day that refuse eternal pardon from God. Five things I want to give you here tonight. Number one, God's penalty. Now, there is a vast difference between man's law and God's law. The state says a man is innocent until he's proven guilty. But God's law says all are guilty. Period. John 
He that believeth not is condemned already. Romans 5.12 Wherefore as by one man sinner in the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. What I'm trying to say, every one of us had the death penalty passed on to us. We're waiting for the death penalty to take place. All takes in the good and the bad. Romans 3.10 as written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So the Bible, God's book, has set the standard. Romans 3.23, For all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And this same book that records the law also records the penalty. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. So death is the penalty for sin, and we're all sinners. Now notice, there is no mention of degrees of sin. The man who breaks the least, the Bible says, is guilty of all. Therefore, millions are sitting on death row right now as far as God's concerned. And they are yet condemned. They are still waiting for the pardon to come. Now, God's payment. Uh, do you remember who Barabbas was? I love the story of Barabbas. Barabbas was a murderer, the Bible says, and a thief. Barabbas was waiting for the call of his name to come. His crucifixion and his death awaited him. Then the jailer came in and said, Barabbas, you can go free. Another by the name of Jesus is going to die for you in your stead. Jesus was a payment for Barabbas. Romans 5 verse 8. But God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I got news for you, Jesus, I'm Barabbas, and Jesus took my place. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, And he is a propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus was God's Lamb, slain on the cross of Calvary for all our sins. Jesus is God's payment for our sins. You know what the devil does to me every once in a while? He said, what about your past sins? I know you went to God and asked Him to forgive you for your present sins, but what about your past sins? I got news for you, all of those covered by the blood, amen? Oh, what about your future sins? You ain't dead yet, you might live tomorrow. If I live tomorrow, I'm going to sin somehow or another because the Bible said we're all sinners. And uh, so what about tomorrow's sins then? I got news for you, they're covered by the blood. Amen. In other words, Jesus gave me a pardon from all my sins. He set me free. God's plea, if you'll turn over to Second Corinthians just a minute, I'll show you some Second Corinthians chapter four. And look at me with me in verse three and verse four. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You know, I look at the news and I watch somebody, I, I just about to the place I don't even want to turn on the news anymore, but I, I look at the mess that's going on in the world, I say, what's wrong with these people? And you know what the Bible says? The devil, Satan, has blinded their eyes. He has blinded their minds. I was laughing at Mrs. Royce. She said, Preacher, somebody 
run me off the road or something today and she said I blowed my horn on him I said you better be careful today about blowing your horn at people people will shoot you amen I was I was on Bush Boulevard sometime back and I, I'm just driving on my own business now my wife said I drive reckless so maybe I did something I don't know but I, I pulled up to the red light and stopped and this guy three or four cars back come running up to the back car, started banging on the window. I'll get you, I'll get you. You run me off the road. I said, what are you talking about? I ain't even near you. Light chain, I pulled off, left him screaming and hollering at him as I went by. I ain't doing nothing to that guy. And I, I look at people like him and I say, what's wrong with people like this? The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Amen. So God's plea, uh, you would think sinners would run over you to accept God's pardon from their sins. But not so, because the devil has blinded their eyes. Yet God's plea is heard all through the Bible. Isaiah 1 verse 18, Isaiah 55 verse 6, Luke 14 verse 7 says something of this thing. Come unto me, let's reason this thing out. And God said over and over, come to me, I don't know why I cast you out. He said, anybody God is pleading with, come unto me, come unto me, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you your sins. All through the Bible it runs. God is pleading with sinful man to come unto me and I'll forgive you. And yet men won't do it. God's promise. Man is condemned. God has provided the payment. Now the Lord is pleading with the hearts of men to believe and receive His gift of salvation. The contrast has been drawn up. The contract has been drawn up. God has made His list of promises. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 25, And this is a promise that He has promised us even eternal life. Numbers 23, verse 19, God is not a man that He should lie, Listen now. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 25, God has promised anybody that coming to Him may give Him eternal life. Then He turns around in number 23, 19, and He makes it very plain. God is not a man that He can lie. God can't lie. So God's promise is going to stand. Anybody that come to God for salvation, God's going to forgive them. Amen? Man can trust what God has said. God has promised, Romans 10, 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God has promised, John 6, verse 37, He that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. The man who has been saved has believed the promises of God then. It's just that simple. Then I want you to notice God's pardon. Just what is contained in this pardon. One, there is strength, there's no uh, there are strings attached to it. Now notice that pardon is not penance. Turning over a new leaf is not it. Penance is trying to reform, trying to make up for sin by doing good. Did you know I've had many a person that's come to my office and talked to me about problems in their life? And you know what they say? I'm going to change, preacher. And they'll say, what have I got to do to change? And I said, number one, you need to start by accepting Christ as your Savior because you can't do it. Amen? 
and I've seen them turn around and walk out from me, I'll change myself. I'll, and they'll start telling me the things they're going to quit doing. You can't do it. Now I want you to watch something. Turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, please. And look with me in verse 19. Now we know that whatsoever things the law says, it says to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Titus 3, 5 makes the same thing possible. We're all under the condemnation of God. Now, so we need a pardon. It's not parole. <clears throat> the pardon, man is free. The parole, man is under conditions. To be pardoned means that all guilty is stricken from the records. Now listen very carefully. There's no such thing as purgatory. Thank God, since I applied the blood of Jesus Christ to my sin, God sees me through His blood, and I become as white as snow, as innocent. God looks at me, and He looks at me as innocent. What is my pardon? It's not parole. Parole is under conditions. I'm not under conditions anymore. I'm free from any condition. I'm innocent. You can't condemn me. I'm innocent. You can follow me around all day long and you can find faults for me all you want to. And I plead right back to you. I'm innocent. Amen. You know why? Jesus has paid for it. He's pardoned me. Pardon is not payment. When a man serves out his sentence and is released, he doesn't need a pardon. If a man pays his fine and goes free, he has no need of a pardon. But pardon is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you saved through faith, and that not yourself the gift of God. So a pardon is a gift. It's not something you work for. It's not a payment. Pardon is available for anyone just for the asking. Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 13. Whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord. That's asking. In other words, you want a pardon from your sin? What do you got to do? I know what I got to do. I got to quit. You know, name all the things. You got to quit to get it. No, that's working for it. That's not a pardon. Listen, I want pardon for my sins. You look up my record, you won't find a thing on my record. Do you know that? I was with a, in a courtroom one time trying to help a young fellow before a judge. And this little old man come in there and stood before the judge and he'd been driving with no license and no tag on his truck and the judge said he knew him he'd been there so many times and he knew him he said now listen to me listen very carefully to me I'm going to tell you I'm going to spell it out to you he said if you will tell me that you'll go get a tag for your truck I'll turn you loose judge you honor I can't get a tag for my truck. Now listen to me. The judge looked him right in the eye and he said, I didn't ask you to tell me that. He said, I told you if you would just tell me that you will go get a tag for your car or truck, I will turn you loose. Judge, you honor, you don't understand. I, I can't get a tag for my truck. And you know what that judge did? He dropped his sheet to show all the the people that was there in the courtroom how many times he'd been before him and it went all the way to the floor. 
and he was going to turn him loose if he had just said, yes, sir. I'll get a tag for my truck. But he stood right there and alibied and tried to get out of it and would not accept what the judge was trying to give him. That's what he's trying to do. Just give him pardon from all that whole sheet. And he wouldn't accept it. Trying to alibi. God has a spiritual pardon for you and I. I'm so thankful that I'm pardoned tonight for my sins. Amen. I got a rule I got a, a record book on me in heaven. And I find that in the book of Revelation. God keeps a record of me. And one of these days, I'm going to stand before God. I, I mentioned this yesterday, that Marty is not in heaven for Marty's sake. Marty is in heaven because of Jesus' sake. And neither are you going to heaven for your sake. You go into heaven for Jesus' sake. Because the Bible says that we are a trophy of God's grace. And you think about it. Here God's going to sit one day, and He said, to Barry, come up here a minute. And he's going to look at your book. And now, if you've got anything recorded on your book that you're guilty of, you're going to hell. Just that simple. Your book has got to be as white as snow. It's got to be clean. And you know what all you've done in life. If you, do, if you admit it to yourself, you know that you deserve hell. Because of all the things that you've done, and you look on your book, and there's absolutely nothing there. It's been washed away. God has pardoned it. He's cleaned it. And He's took all of that guilt off of you and put it over on Jesus' book. And Jesus bore it all on Calvary. Amen. Every sin that you will ever commit or ever has committed, that's pardoned. I've been set free, clean, wiped the slate clean. Amen. And I'm free. I thank God for spiritual pardon. And I don't go around worrying about it. And I think that's what's wrong with a lot of people that's dying young. They worry. I, I, I never will forget one of the greatest men I ever had here on this pulpit, Dr. Curtis Hudson. He was sitting there one day and he was getting ready to preach. And he said, Brother Strunk, can I ask you something? I said, Sure, what is it? He said, uh, Does the devil ever accuse you of your past sins? I said, all the time. He said, you know, I've been sitting here getting ready to preach many a time all across this country. And just before I go to preach, the old devil reminds me of all my past sins. He'll just flash it before my things I've done bad all my life. And I said, yeah, but aren't you glad, Brother Hudson, that it's washed clean? Amen. He can accuse you all you want to. He ain't going to win. I got a lawyer in heaven and stand before the throne of God named Jesus Christ. And he's my Savior and he pleads my cause. And he's better than that guy he used to be on TV. He ain't never lost a case. Amen. And he never will either. I'm free. I'm glad I'm saved tonight. Stand with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that each one of us will understand how, what a magnificent thing it is to know, not lay around and worry about it or go to sleep and worry about it, go, trying to get some sleep and rest. If I die, where am I going to spend eternity? What's going to happen to me? I know. I already know. 
because you've given me that assurance of a spiritual pardon set free from my sins. Bless us, we pray now. In Jesus' name.